So yeah, if you're high school or college graduates, uh, feel free to come up. Um, if you're graduating from like an associate's degree or certificate, also feel free to come up. Um, Amber, you wanna pass out some gift cards? Uh, so this is just a small token of our appreciation for the hard work and dedication that you guys have put um, to graduating. It, it's a lot of work. And today is a big day for you guys in, in, in graduating. And so I just want to leave you with a charge before I pray with you um, and over you and for you. Um, the, the chief end of man or the purpose of life is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And so uh, in a moment, I'm going to allow you to give your name, um, kind of where, where you're going in life, some next steps. Um, and I just want to, as you share, I want you to have in mind, you know, how can I glorify God where I'm going and enjoy him? in that season of life as well, so. Okay, hi, I'm Julia. Um, I plan to work for a while, um, just for like the next couple months for the rest of the year, because you know, young, dumb, broke. Um, so <laughs> plan to save up money and then start at Paul Mitchell, which is a cosmetology school, planning to start there in January of 2023. I'm JJ Bowles, and I plan to go to ICC and study nursing. Uh, my name is Trevor Heffern, and I'm going to go to Eastern Illinois and play basketball, and I'm decided my major. Yeah, let's get up for our graduates. Yep. All right, I'm going to pray for you guys. Father God, we thank you for um, these three graduates that stand on, on stage uh, for Julia, JJ, and Trevor. God, I just pray that you would be with them, that you would hold them close to you as they uh, go into the, the next steps of the life that you already have planned out for them. God, I just pray that they would submit to you, that they would follow you, that they could glorify you wherever they go, and as they do that, that they could be in a, in a relationship with you that they are enjoying your presence in their lives, that you would keep them safe, um, and that ultimately, God, that we would just grow more in love with you each step of the way. God, we love you. We serve you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning. It is, as always, it's such a joy to, to be here to, to worship with you all, and as Dave said, this is just a sweet place for us to think that yeah, I think the last time I was on this stage was two and a half years ago um, with my bride. And yeah, as the Williamsons being my, my in-laws and Anna growing up in this church, um, just to think about the, the impact that you all made on, on her life and to think that um, I feel so indebted to you um, to be able to reap the benefits now of those friendships, of, of those relationships the investments that you made in, in her lives, and now, like, the fruit is coming. And so, to be here is, is an absolute honor. I want to say thank you to Dave. Um, I know I've said that privately, but I want to say it publicly. It's, it's such a joy um, to be here and to share with you. Now, speaking of friendship, that is where we're going this morning, the, the Christian necessity of friendship. I hear we have some, some visitors with us this morning for some reason. Um, so if that's you or this is your church home, let's get, get us up to speed. So over the last two Sundays, Pastor Dave has been setting the table on this series of Proverbs and how to run towards wisdom and flee from folly. I, I took this down. He said, wisdom leads to a feast 
Folly leads to a funeral. Wisdom leads to a feast, and folly leads to a funeral. So where does friendship fit in in that? What does friendship have to say about wisdom and how we can walk in that manner? And as I was thinking about this, it's, friendship isn't that controversial of, of a subject. I mean, I don't know that many people who would say that they're anti-friendship. Like, every, everyone needs friends. Everyone likes friends. There's not anyone who's necessarily strongly opposed to it. Even our culture admires friendship. I think about certain movies like Frodo and Sam in, in Lord of the Rings or Timon and Pumbaa in, in The Lion King. But what about when friendship becomes costly and requires sacrifice, uh, when the other person is, is an absolute mess, and you don't know what to say, this friendship has suddenly, it's, it's taking more than it's giving. And that, that is countercultural Christian friendship. The individual, individualist nature of our culture tells us friendship is about me. It's about what can I gain out of this other person But Proverbs speaks of a friend who loves at all times, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A recently published study from Harvard University found that 36% of Americans are seriously lonely. Half of women with children, seriously lonely. Over half of young adults, seriously lonely. That just breaks my heart to think about the individuals behind those statistics. We, we might not experience serious financial poverty here where we are in ways that other places in the world will. But may God help us see that there is serious relational poverty in this country, in this town, and statistically probably some here in this church. So may we as the people of God be a light to the lonely, those here and those out there. And if you only remember one line from from this message, may it be the title, Be a Friend, Be a Friend, because God befriended me. Now the question is how? Like how do we do that? If, If wisdom leads to a feast, how do I experience friendship that brings me to the table? And how? How do I invite others into this life-giving banquet called friendship? Well, I'm glad you asked because that is where we're going this morning. And if if you're someone who likes a roadmap of, of where this is headed, we'll have three stops along the way. So stop number one, look up, friendship with God. Stop number two, look near, friendship with a few. And stop number three, look out friendship towards all. So stop number one, look up friendship with God. As as I was thinking about this subject, I I recognize that before we dive into the Proverbs, before we dive into what it looks like and how to be friends with those among us, I found it to be critically important to just recognize the level of importance that friendship is just in the nature of God and how important it is to the nature of humanity. I mean, think of it, in eternity past, Father, Son, and Spirit, living in perfect friendship, and an overflow of that friendship, creating, creating all that we see 
and creating us and humanity, purposed for friendship with him. And you know how the story goes. God is walking with man in the garden, and an act of disobedience breaks the friendship. Man is sent off. God can no longer be near because of his holiness, and he begins the mission of reconciliation with man. Through the Old Testament, Adam, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and many others, just moments, moments of intimacy between God and man. And it came to a fulfillment. God knew that he had to do more. He had to come himself to restore the friendship. The Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus speaks of this in John chapter 15. I thought Heather was going to preach my sermon for me. Exactly right. Jesus is in this moment with his disciples, intimately speaking with them the day before he goes to the cross, And he says, I have called you friend. If you do what I command you. Now this is not a a moralistic list of things to do. This passage, he's talking about abiding in him. He's saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Just stay attached to the vine. The fruit then will come. Like if you're with me, if you're near me, your hate towards your sin will increase. Your love towards others will will increase. Just stay near near to me. I am the answer to your prayers. Yesterday we were at Titus and Grade's graduation in northern Illinois, and there were 1,600 people, and it's just like name after name after name after name. All these people with all of these stories, not knowing who they are, but they all have a name. And to think that the God of the universe knows every single name. And you're here this morning, and God knows your name. And through repentance of sins, through faith in Jesus, God calls you friend. Yes, friendship in this life will bring us joy. They're intended to be a gift for our good, but the ultimate, as Kent beautifully shared, the ultimate purpose is to have friendship with the Lord, friendship with God. This, this reminded me of a story of uh, when Anna and I were dating. I was living in Chicago. She was here in Eureka, and we would frequently meet up in Juliet for evening date nights. I took the train down. She would drive up. We'd spend a few hours. Teary-eyed, we'd say our goodbyes. And this was something that we looked forward to, so looked forward to. That, that whole week, it was anticipating, anticipating that evening. And so finally, it came. So after work, I would ride my bike to the train station, trying to get there. I got to get on this train. I got to get on this train. It's at 5.15 departure. I get there at 5.10. Five, five minutes to spare. I walk in. Unbeknownst to me, I find out that the gate closes five minutes before departure. I was like, what? Like, the train's right there. I can see it. I, I got to get on the train. They said, they said no, you, like, you can't. I, I'd have to wait. The, the, the other train wasn't for another three hours. That wouldn't work. So I walk out. I call in. I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, this they wouldn't let me on the train. Like, I guess we could do it maybe next week. I could do an Uber. That would empty my bank account. That's not an option. 
And then I remembered, in the, way in the back of my mind, I remembered actually Kent Heinrichsen telling me about another train station on the other side of downtown that went from Chicago to Juliet. And I was like, okay, what, is, what was that? Where was that? I looked it up. Sure enough, there was a metro station that could get me there. I didn't know what time it left. I didn't know how much it cost. I was like, hey, I found this other train, and I'm going to try to go. I'm going to try to make it. So I bike downtown, rush hour. I, I get there. I see it on the map. I'm trying to figure it out. There's people walking. I'm just going to follow them, half walk, half running. I've got to get on this train. Sure enough, there's a train there waiting to go. I get on the train, completely out of breath, sit down, sigh of relief, face just drenched with sweat. And in that moment, I felt Jesus lovingly, kindly saying to me, why don't you put this much effort in your friendship with me? Got me. Sometimes we need this gentle reminder to get back on the path the friendship with jesus is what's ultimate and i share that story to make sure that we don't miss it we can read all of the wisdom that that proverbs has to offer for friendship we can learn all of these great strategies for how to have friends in this world but if we miss out on friendship with god with god we have missed the whole point If we miss out with friendship with God, then we've missed the whole point. May friendship with Jesus not merely be an idea in our minds, but may it be a reality of our lives. When friendship with Jesus is deep and real and and he fills our cup, we are then filled to then be given, to be an overflow of that joy. It frees us up to be a friend then to others. To, to be a friend because God has befriended me. So, stop number one. Look up friendship with God. And then now, stop number two. Look near friendship with a few. We see this in Jesus. He was with crowds. He was with people all the time. Yet he called 12, 12 disciples. And even then amongst that 12, he had three, Peter, James, and John, who, was, who he was most close with. So with the foundation set of friendship with God, let's look at a few Proverbs on friendship. Chapter 18, verse 1 says, One who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound wisdom. Twenty-seven, seventeen: iron sharpens iron, and one person sharpens another. And 27.9, oil and incense bring joy to the heart. And the sweetness of a friend is better than self-counsel. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of oil and incense, necessarily. But this is speaking to the luxuries of a banquet. So you could almost think of this as, as prime rib brings joy to the heart. <laughs> or, or watermelon on a, a nice hot summer day brings joy to the heart. The point is the joy and satisfaction that comes from a good banquet can be experienced through the sweetness of a dear friend. And looking back in my own life, this wasn't something that was normal for me. I, I, I grew up in 
for the most part, kept emotions pretty close to the vest. And I think men, us especially, can have this tendency of, of isolation, of, of withdrawal, of, of keeping things close. And it wasn't until after I joined a men's group after college when I realized just how unhealthy that was. Men, we have emotions, and, and you don't have to pretend like you don't. Opening up to another man can be scary, vulnerable, but God promises a prime rib level of sweetness awaiting when there's a friendship with two-way honesty and transparency. And, and we look back at creation. God told us this, right? He created the land and the seas, and he said, that's good. He created plants and trees, and he said, that's good. Sun, moon, and stars, that's good. Birds and whales, that's good. Lions, crocodiles, that's good. Humans, that's very good. But in the midst of that, after God created the man and saw that he was alone, he said, not good. Everyone say, not good. It's not good. And this passage is used at weddings, as it should be the most intimate of relationships, but more foundationally, it's about human connection. A, a relational God created us in his image to be relational beings, where friendship is essential. And so isolation is not God's will for our lives. Are we struggling with a sin? Are we going through a hard season in life? Are you questioning God's goodness are you feeling apathetic towards Jesus and the gospel? Do you have a, a big decision to make? God is calling us to not keep that to ourselves. Find a friend or two and tell them to share, experience the sweetness of that connection. C.S. Lewis said, a friend is someone who knows the song in your heart and can sing it back to you when you have forgotten the words. So who are these few friends in your life? Maybe today you want to send a, a, a message or call them up to thank them for their sweet friendship in your life. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, I don't really have that friend in my life. I want to encourage you, that, as I said in stop number one, God is your friend, and yet now... He's calling you to be that friend. That's where we start. Pray, God, ask, ask God, would you give me this friend? You call us to this. Would you give me this friend in my life? And so just start then by being a friend to those around you. Encourage others. Invite them over for dinner. Gradually share of your own life, your own heart, your own desires. Ask good questions to show them that you genuinely care about them and you want to be a friend in their life. Friends are those rare people who ask how we are and then wait to hear the answer. And so with that in mind, I want to just encourage especially those who are married to talk about this to communicate and affirm that this is a priority that you want to have. Ask your spouse, what can I do for you 
to make sure that you have these friends in your life, to make sure that you have the time and capacity to cultivate and to nurture these deep friendships. Life is busy, and if we don't prioritize it, it will not happen. And so stop number one, look up, friendship with God. May that then lead us to stop number two, look near, friendship with a few. And then stop number three, look out, friendship towards all. It's intentional that I say look out. This is an active, anticipatory tone. We can't be close friends with everyone. God can. We can't. But like Jesus, we can extend friendship towards all who cross our paths. To be on the lookout for these people as they come amongst us, as they come into the room. Proverbs 11, verse 27 says, Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. God gives us this call not to, be a, not to be burdensome or to feel like another thing for us to do, but to follow in our Lord's footsteps. Jesus came to serve. He said it's better, it's better to give than to receive. Anna and I have a, a goal of, of having people in our home once a week. That, that doesn't always happen. We try to mix it up with, with different people that we know. But our hope is to just create this as a normal habit in our lives. We, we had some friends over last Sunday, and it was a little bit chaotic. We were there, they were there, and the noodles weren't made. We hadn't finished sweeping yet. And guess what? They, they didn't care. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> and, and so don't feel like there's this pressure that I have to have my house in perfect form or I have to be a, a, you know, a perfect host. They were just so encouraged by our hospitality. And, and as they left, we were so blessed by their presence and, and the sweetness of their fellowship. And so maybe that's a goal for you of, of maybe once a week. Maybe you're saying, I can't do that. Let's start with once a month. Put it on the calendar. Once a month, we want to have people in our home. We want hospitality and friendship with others to be an important part of our family's schedule. Proverbs 18, verse 2 says, A fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. So the, f- the fool, that, that idea leads to a funeral. We want to do the opposite. We want to seek to know and understand the person that's in front of us. I've heard it described as a, a there-you-are person. To, to see people for who they are to be genuinely interested in their story. Everyone has a story. So ask good questions. Invite them to to tell you more. This is what Jesus did. He saw people and he made them feel known. I think of Luke chapter 19 with the story of Zacchaeus. What do you know about Zacchaeus? You know that he was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Maybe you know, he also was a tax collector, a thief. People hated him. He saw Jesus coming amongst the crowd. He climbed up a tree. Jesus saw him. 
and made the connection. And he said, Zacchaeus, you're, I, I am coming to your house today. The ultimate honor. I'm coming to your house today. Now, in our culture, you might not want to say that to a coworker, neighbor, or a new friend. Hey, I'm coming to your house today. Maybe the better response would be, oh, hey, you're coming to my house today or sometime this week or next week. I want you to feel loved and known. I want to welcome you into my home. I love how this is part of the culture of, of Cross Point. I love how at the end of the service, Pastor Dave says, meet someone new before you leave. I want to take it two, two steps forward. Meet someone new, get their cell phone number, and invite them over for dinner. Tell them, come to my house today or sometime this week. So often, friendships are born around a table. So with friendship with God as our foundation and friendship with a few as our support, may we look out to ex extend friendship towards all, to have that mindset, I want this. I want to be a friend. Why? I want to be a friend because God befriended me. And we have to admit that we are weak. We cannot do this on our own. It's hard. It's exhausting. It takes time. It's inconvenient. It's uncomfortable. But may friendship with Jesus be what empowers us. When, when you're at the ball game to strike up a conversation with that parent you haven't met, it's friendship with Jesus that encourages us to, to stay up late, to, to have that precious time with, with friends. It's friendship with Jesus that excites you to, to take a coworker out for lunch. It's friendship with Jesus that makes you willing to sacrifice some family time for friendship time. It's friendship with Jesus that compels us to go, to go to our neighbors, to go to the remote villages of Papua New Guinea. It's friendship with Jesus that motivates us to look out, to look out across the room and to go say hello. And, and you never know, you never know when a friend could result in a precious friendship. You never know what God might do. I'll close with, with this. Five years ago, when I moved to Chicago, I met a man at the local Dunkin' Donuts by the name of Marsh McKinney. And when I met Marsh, we had one passion in common, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> that was it. Marsh was over twice my age, much taller than me, much skinnier than me. He served in the military for a couple of years, lived in Chicago his whole life. He had a tough go. He once was falsely accused of drug possession. His wife was hit by a bus and died. He suffered through and he suffered through and overcame an alcohol addiction. I saw that Marsh was lonely, and it was our passion for Duncan that brought us together and developed into a sweet, sweet friendship. We spent many nights at Duncan, some hard conversations, frustrating moments for me to be sure. But eventually, that one passion for Duncan led to a second passion in common, a love for Jesus. My friend Marsh uh, passed away 
three months ago. And when I look back, there were times that, honestly, I didn't, I didn't really want to hang out with them. I was tired. It was exhausting. I wasn't feeling it. But now, I see with him and glory and perfect communion with Christ that I regret none of it. It was worth it all. And I don't know who all God has brought into your life. Who maybe this week he's calling you to extend a friendship towards. Wisdom leads to a feast. Friendship leads to a feast. Go deep in your friendship with God. Pursue friendship with a few. And be that friend. Be that friend towards all. Why? Because God has befriended me. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we come before you and we worship you. God, while we were far off, while we were sinners, you came. You came and gave up yourself. You left the comforts of heaven to restore our friendship with you. God, may that be the foundation and the focus of our lives. And may that friendship, that deep friendship with you, be what motivates us, what keeps us going, what encourages us to find those few friends, to live up close with one another as we navigate this life. And may we be the people of a church who is on mission to go, to see others, to be a friend amongst the lonely that you ultimately may be glorified and that we may be filled. God, may you help us. We need you. We're desperate for you. Help us to be that friend that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. In uh, Romans 12, giving us some description of friendship within the family of God. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. I'm grateful to be a part of a church that is, that is seeking to reflect that by the grace of God. And there's evidence of, of that all over the place, whether this last week or the years prior or the years forward. Ryan, thanks for serving us well today to encourage us in friendship. I'm grateful for that, especially the, uh, the encouragement to pursue hospitality. I love the picture of building friendships around a table, and I pray that we would be active in doing that.